across South Africa, online and on radio. SAFM, let's talk. We're discussing relationships, how we can best relate to our loved ones. My guest this afternoon is Leah Sifo, who is a regular on the show. She's a life and relationship coach, really helping us navigate through stress and how we relate to our loved ones. Leah, thank you so much for making the time to talk to us. Good afternoon. Good afternoon, Leah. Hi, can you hear me? Now I can hear you. Welcome ah, to the show. Yes, I can. Leah, can we start with defining stress? How do I know that I'm stressed and not tired and not just, I don't know, but how do I know that this is stress? So stress is, uh, is a feeling of any, of of physical uh, and emotional tension. If your whole body is tight, you feel like you're wound very tight like a spring and you just feel incapable of taking on anything else. So it's when you're just feeling completely overwhelmed and your body's in a very uh, tight state of tension. Does it always have to be related to an incident? In other words, does something have to happen for people to get into a stress mode? Um, not not often. I mean, not always, sorry. I mean, most of the time, yes, the stress does come from your environment, uh, but it also can come from your own thought processes mm. and it can come from the state of your physical health. If you treat your body badly, you're not getting enough sleep, you're in a state of ill health, that can create a lot of physical stress as well. So it's really about managing stress. It's really about looking at how you are taking control of yourself, how you are caring for yourself, how you're managing your negative thought process, um, because that's going to allow you to handle the stress from in, your environment in a much better way. So as somebody who may be in, uh, not necessarily in a relationship, but maybe resides with somebody who is stressed or maybe is in contact with that person regularly, how do I then get to see that what this person is projecting is stress rather than a specific problem? I think that very often stress uh, presents itself in, in a way that is completely out of proportion to the event that is happening. Mm. So, you know, if somebody drops something by accident and the person who is stressed is going to go into a hugely reactive response to that, which isn't really relative to, to what has just happened. So when your response is out of control, you're dealing with stress. And when somebody is in a state of stress and they just explode, they're going to explode with everything that they've been carrying for days, weeks, Mm. and months. So if they're shouting at you or they're having a reaction, it won't just be about the thing that has happened. Mm. It's going to be about everything else that's been going on as well. So it won't be targeted. It'll just be an eruption about everything. And so when you encounter that, what's the best way to say, actually, what's happening here is that I think you're stressed. Should you even say that to somebody? No, sure. I mean, I think in a, it, dep- a, it depends really much on the tone of your voice. Mm-hmm. You know, how you're handling that is a big thing in the, in the gentleness and the calmness of your voice. Don't get reactive back because then it's just going to turn into war. Mm-hmm. When you can see someone is having a reaction, you need to just observe them and say, I can see that you're really in a state. I can see that you're really stressed at the moment. Let's just sit down. You know, here's a cup of water. Just take a breath. And tell me what's really going on. What's been going on in your day that's caused you to feel so overwhelmed? Because, you know, very often, and especially in terms of relationship, you are that person's safe place. So very often they've had to keep their mouth shut or they've had to contain their upset or irritation through the day at work 
and then they get to come home and take it out on you because you're their safe place. So you've got to learn to recognize that, yes, it's not okay that they're dumping it on you, but it actually doesn't have anything to do with you. You have to hold space for them to say, let's just take a step back, take a breath. I really want to hear what's going on. I really want to understand what your stress is about. But let's just uh, take a breath. How, how do we deal with someone who reacts in in a way that says, well, I find that what you've just said condescending because there will be those who say well you know actually actually what you've just said now take a sip of water and sit down is in itself quite condescending well then i don't have to stand here and be your punching bag mm. you know if you're in a state of stress and you want to come at me i want to recognize that you're not okay mm. let's just i want to calm down but i'm also not interested in being spoken to mm. in this really terrible way mm. so i do want to hear you but not like this mm. so either you're going to take a step back and take a breath or i'm going to leave the room so you know it, it's 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 wanting to be present with them but mm. if they're still going to get reactive with you and go i don't want to take a breath and i want to keep shouting at you then you have the right to put a boundary in place and say, well, that's how you want to handle this conversation. I'm not going to be present for it right now. So you first calm down, and then I will come and engage with you. So if somebody else is not willing to change their behavior, then you need to leave the space. Hmm. Leah, in your experience and in what you've seen, I mean, how much more damage can stress cause in a relationship? Oh, huge. 90% 90% of the problem that goes on in relationships is stress, and, and it's related to quite a few things. So I think a, a big thing that people never consider with stress is time management. People wake up late, they overcommit to things, they're always driving fast to get to places because they don't manage their time effectively throughout the day. Mm-hmm. That then snowballs onto their family and onto their partners. The reason for this is boundaries. That's the second reason that people get low stress, is they don't know how to put effective boundaries in place with their partners, with their friends, with their families, and with their job. So it's learning where your limits are and where to say yes and where to say no. In relationship, stress comes from unmet expectations. We have a lot of expectations of our partners. We don't communicate them, though. So we wish a lot of stuff. We wish our partner would behave in a way or speak in a way, but we don't communicate that. And then when our needs don't get met, that is where our stress really you know, triggers. And the lack of effective communication. We don't know how to ask for what we want. We don't know how to express our upset or our frustrations in a workable way. So it'll come out in a really unworkable way. And unfortunately, in relationship, and I think we see this hugely in South Africa with gender-based violence, is that the amount of people that deal with stress um, through drinking alcohol or taking drugs and then get into a state where they come home and they take that rage and anger out on their partner in a physical way. So stress really has to become managing, you know, taking responsibility for managing your own health, your own full processes, and handling your environment so that you are not feeling out of control and stressed. Now, can we shift a little bit to other people in the relationship, smaller people? It could be children um, yeah. who, who just would not have the tools. For instance, right yeah. now, some matriculants are going to write exams and everybody knows what a stressful year this is. And it is understandable that they're going to feel a lot of pressure at the moment. When you have to encounter a child like that, what, what do you do? No, it's a very sensitive one, and it's 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 you know with the, it depends who has access to that child to be able to take the child out of that situation. Is it a aunt, an uncle, a mother, a father, a cousin? There has to always be an adult that is willing to step into that situation. Mm. Um, you know, for, for for very young children, um, you know, it's a very tough one. Um, you know, people have to be aware that something is going on. Usually teachers at school will know when the, when the home environment is not okay, and they have processes in place in order to handle that. For older children, they are absolute 
online uh, resources. You know, there's Lifeline and there's Cardline um, that are free resources for those kids to phone to say, I'm not okay. And those people, you know, will give those children the ways to get out of that environment or the ways to cope or the ways to manage. There are a lot of online resources for those who do have access, you know, to go online um, in terms of free resources on how to manage stress, especially I've seen this here with a lot of high school children in matrix who have gone through this intense stress through COVID. Um, it's worth having somebody to talk to. It's have, having somebody to express their frustrations to. But if parents are not willing to listen or not creating a safe place for a child to do that, then authorities have to be notified and called in. And when you say authorities, who would that be? Well, it starts, there's a very particular line and I think, you know, it's such a broad concepts. I don't know how to give an exact answer for this. If you know someone is in trouble, you can alert the police. If you know someone at school is not okay, you alert the teachers. The mm-hmm. teachers, you know, get a hold of social workers. Mm-hmm. There's a whole way that it moves through the legal and justice system when a child is in an unsafe environment. Mm-hmm. And and I guess, you know, Leah, this has always been a concern for me. We we often speak about this with my colleagues here, that we hear a lot of distress calls. And, yeah. and one wonders whether the state, and I'm going to bring it to the public space, not necessarily private spaces, whether the state actually has capacity to manage mm-hmm. all these children and all these de- people who rely so heavily on, on being, uh, you know, being given a guardian. Whether do we have capacity to, to look after these young people? I think it's a good question, and I don't know the answer to that. My first answer is to say no, they don't. Mm. And I don't think it's managed efficiently. And we can just see a huge amount of children slip through the cracks. Mm. Um, and they are not effective, you know, governmental organizations in place to, to, to really be the safety net for these kids. But there are a lot of private organizations that are doing amazing work. Mm. And, uh, I mean, that could be a whole other topic to discuss because there's such a vested interest in, in, in creating safety for children that are in trouble and, and come from a stressed environment. Yeah, I'm going to open the lines if you don't mind, Leah, and 011-714-2006. I'm also going to open the WhatsApp number, 0614-104-107. Absolutely any question. If you yourself are going through a stressful time and you're just finding it difficult to, to manage, to manage in the workplace, to manage with your family, with friends, this is possibly the time to, to give us a call. You don't actually have to tell us who you are. You can be anonymous and just laid bare. Pastor Duma, you're calling from Durban. Good afternoon. I am calling from Durban indeed. Pamela, yes. Uh, good afternoon. Good afternoon. Um, I've, gone, I've gone through stress. I think, I went, I went, it could be stress or depression. I'm not too sure which one is which out mm. of the two. Mm-hmm. I lost my dad. I was 13. I lost my brother. I was 14. I lost my mom. I was 22. I lost my twin sister. I was 40. I lost my other two brothers. I was 30. I was 42. Down about 42 <sighs> and 45. Mm. Went through all these phases in life catastrophically there are times where when i was driving i could feel i want to throw this car into trucks and whatever i'm with Mm. my family in the car Mm. somehow miraculously i did not do that three times i I, I committed uh, uh, three times i attempted suicide Mm. once i took disciplines all of them in one bottle one go nothing happened to me Second time, I took Jay's floor, drank the thing. Nothing happened to me. The third time, I was going for a rope. Fortunately, somehow, I didn't do it. So within that gap, I'm not too sure whether there would be some professional help that I would need now, seeing that I'm not going through those phases. Somehow, I do not know whether they self-healing for the process that I went through or what happens. Do you always have to need somebody to talk to 
or because right now I'm 51 years old from 13 years old, things are fine. I don't feel a problem, though I went through what I went through. Would we have to go to somebody that must check to me or is it fine now that I don't go through those phases? Let me, can we ask you this question before Leah comes in? So, so the last attempt, your last attempt with a rope, how long ago was that? That would have been 26, that is, we are 24, that was 2014, 2014, six, six years ago, is that? And, and, and that was just that? Somebody walked in and you were fine? You didn't feel, what, what did you feel out of that? No one walked in at all. It was about, around about 11 o'clock at night. My granddad is gone to work. Um, I'm alone in the house. I can see now I must take my life. That's the night that I actually took Gates Floyd in place of taking the rope. Somehow, because I got three beautiful daughters, each time I would always think, what about my daughters? I've got a 26-year-old, I've got a uh, a 23-year-old, and I've got a 10-year-old. That could have been what got me back into who I am right now, thinking again and again over what's going to happen with my daughters. Though I had lost everything in the house, two cars in my life, I lost a job, and could not find a job at the moment and was struggling then. But things have changed now. Hmm. And since then, you've been fine, you say, Pastor Duma? I, I can say, I can absolutely say since then, I've been fine. Programs like these help us because I pick up stuff. At times, I would not have had the money to go to the, to the, to the psychologist or a doctor or whatever. Mm-hmm. Somehow... I just found myself listening to programs such as these, a piece here, a piece there, picking up stuff that has helped me along the way, a pastor as I am. Mm. There are times where we've struggled as pastors with no answer at all, mm. not knowing how to get through a situation. Hmm. Wow. Leah, let me sure. tell you. Yeah. Quite a, what a story. Um, you know, I would, on the radio? Yes, sure, you can. Go ahead, Leah. So I just want to, if, um, for all of your listeners, if you've got a pen, I want you to please write down a number. This is the SADAG number. It's the South African Depression and Anxiety Group. And the number is 0800-456-789. It is a 24-hour mental health helpline. They have got trained, counselors trained, therapists who are there for anyone who is going through suicidal thoughts. They've got a suicide crisis line. Anyone who's in a state of stress, they feel that they're in a state of depression, this is a free resource, and they are the most phenomenal group. And you can look at them up on the Internet. It's sadag.org, sadag.org. And, you know, for people who don't have the financial resource to hire a private um, psychologist or therapist, um, SADAC are absolutely fantastic. So, you know, I would, I would say to the caller to please, please get some support and help because when you've been through a huge amount of loss, and shock and trauma in your life and stress you know our body will handle stress in very unique and very different ways and and sometimes we can't handle it on our own we have to get support we have to talk it through we need to get a separate perspective to understand how to heal through such terrible experiences so please reach out and get the help and and your comment and i think maybe touch for me on Time, time. He's, he's talking a lot about time. And I want you to touch on that because often you hear people say, I, you know, this thing happened to me. This traumatic event happened to me mm-hmm. when I was young. I've been mm-hmm. fine. I've been functioning. And then there's a breakdown or a meltdown years later. 
Talk to me about what happens in the time where somebody says, in fact, I never thought about it. But suddenly something has happened mm-hmm. and, and everything has just become a disaster. Look, you know, our minds do this incredible act of survival where they just repress unbearably shocking events and and experiences so that we don't have to relive them on a day-to-day basis. So our minds do go into suppression of those thoughts and we we convince ourselves we're okay. We think that we've moved past it and we think we're okay. But as, you know, we've heard later on, no matter how many months or years later, something happens that triggers. It triggers that memory and it triggers that event. And all of the associated feeling and unprocessed form and link to that event now starts to emerge like a wave. And sometimes it gets to feeling so completely overwhelming that we feel the only way out is to take ourselves out um, or to self-harm or to take it out on somebody standing around us. So if you've been through any kind of terrible event, you know, even if it was when you were much younger, um, I'm always a huge fan of self-work um, to heal the hidden things that you're not aware of there that could come out to really cost you later on. So there's no, you don't just move through something. There's never a time. Anyone who's been through a shock in a former woman, that will stay in your body for the rest of your life. It's how you're going to handle it when those triggers hit that's going to determine your success around stress. Can we take a quick voice note and then I'll be back with more of your questions uh, on 011-714-2006. Good afternoon, SAFM. I, your guest is touching real uh, true things. I think I was also once stressed man. Because I used to expect my wife to like touch me, massage me, cuddle with me like I do with her. But I, eventually I noticed that, okay, she's not the kind of a person that likes to do that to other people. She likes what comes to her. So right now I'm currently managing my stress very well because I just opted to give another nice uh, sweet lady on the side that can help me is the stress so i don't fight about no stress oh wow okay (laughs) so you must come across this quite a bit as somebody that deals with um these kind of relationship intimate relationships and problems in in that space this is not unique is it no not at all and 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 you know, you know, people are either touches or they're non-touches. This is not unique. People either find their intimacy through physical touch or they find their intimacy through talking or they find their intimacy through um, doing action stuff together. So there's different ways that, that people like to experience intimacy and not everybody is a toucher. So but like you were saying, she wouldn't cuddle or touch like he wanted her to. It's the other thing that I'm actually asking about that he okay. has no 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 that's good but that that he's saying since he's picked up on the fact that you know they're different and they have different love languages he's gone and found a mistress that's what he's saying that look it's common and then that's completely up to the the arrangement of the marriage mm-hmm. you know if if she is okay with that if it has been discussed then that's going to be workable if it is being done behind her back it is unworkable mm-hmm. and a lot of couples can admit that maybe i can't satisfy your needs the way that you want them to and i'm okay with you seeking that elsewhere mm-hmm. and put rules in place around having an open relationship but if he is doing it behind her back and he's got a mistress on the side that she's not aware of then that is an unworkable way to be in a relationship and it's going to create problems when she finds out you saying that there are people who find this workable and have a discussion and say well in fact maybe there's a solution elsewhere i don't want to leave can we talk about this 
Absolutely. People find incredibly creative ways to stay in relationships. And, and this is a very common one that I see. Um, is, is when one feels they can't, they can't, you know, physically they don't want to participate, that they love everything else about the relationship. And then they have conversations about bringing in a surrogate or about having an open relationship, that these things really have to be discussed with very clear ground rules um, and, and taken very slowly to see how it works for both people. But yes, people find very creative ways to stay connected. Okay. And and then let's talk about things that affect the person's stress levels that, that you just can't do anything about, you know, a loss of a job, um, you know, loss of money, uh, I don't know, just things that have just suddenly happened. And we see this a lot with COVID-19 and how it's affected people's incomes and so on, that are genuine reason for somebody to be stressed. Can... Yeah. You know, are there moments and times where it's okay for somebody to go through stress? Of course. Stress is a normal kind of expression. It is how we release all of the pent-up frustration, but it has to happen in a workable way. Mm -hmm. The best way to express stress is through physical exercise. So exercise is a very powerful way to move emotional stress through your physical body. And I think everybody knows that. If you go for a run or you go um, to the gym, you may not feel like it at the time, but at the end of the session, you actually feel much better because you have it's like the pressure release valve. There are always going to be things that you cannot control. You're never going to be able to control stuff, you know, other people's behaviors and other people's reactions and thoughts and opinions. You can't control the banks and the government and the weather and the economy. You can, however, control yourself. You can choose to control your own behaviors, thoughts, opinions, and beliefs. You can choose to control how you treat your physical body. You can choose to control what you are watching and listening to and reading, and that is a big one right now, is the amount of stress that's coming into people's lives because they're constantly watching the news Mm -hmm. and they're constantly reading stuff on their news feeds that is really negative. So when you're in a heightened state of stress, just please go on a digital diet and stop going on social media and switch off the news and just take a step away from all of that because that creates unnecessary stress. So when things are happening that are out of your control, all you can do is focus on what you can control, which is Yourself. Let's take another voice note. Hello, Pimelo P here and Alex. Hey, this topic is very, very, very touchy, man. I think people are going through a lot and uh, mental toughness is really something that if we can try to exercise, we can be able to overcome a lot of things. But it's not easy because of, uh, you know, especially the economic situation that uh, people are going through, you know, there's always not enough resources to carry on our lives so we just need to you know offer a helping hand to one another and just uh, um, Mm. you know keep going and um, hopefully the man above will have mercy upon all of us Mm. and we live in peace thank you Mm. beautiful and I I think that's really a big thing we all have to practice at the moment is deep random acts of kindness holding our hands to support those who we know are going through stuff. Please check up on the people in your lives. Please follow up. Just send WhatsApps, make phone calls to check on the people in your lives, especially um, those who live on their own, those who are not in relationships. Mm -hmm. And just make sure you're touching base, that people know that they are being thought of. This really is a time for kindness and support. 
and doing what we can to hold each other through this because, but, yes, yeah. everyone's going through rough times. In fact, Leah, I was going to ask you that. It's, it's actually one thing to deal with people who others can observe are going through something, but it's another for somebody to, especially now where people are working from home, so they don't mm. come into the workplace, you're not able to observe them like you would have in, in, a, in a situation where we are uh, interacting a lot more. We don't do that anymore. So mm-hmm. when you have someone who predominantly lives alone is not working in an office space anymore it's not cool to go out much anymore these days my goodness that must be quite a difficult space no it's terrible it's really the the isolation is really crippling for many many people through this but this is where we have to really put strict um you know uh dates in place we have to have coffee dates with our friends and we have to book that stuff in we can't just do it when it feels like it because then you'll never get around to doing it so you know if you do live alone and you know you have access to to skype or zoom or teams or whatever your method is please contact your friends and say i'd love to set up a weekly get together like every tuesday morning nine o'clock we can have a half hour coffee catch up but do it face to face don't just do it on the phone um, because it's that seeing somebody else which is, is, is so important um, and we have to structure our lives in a very different way now so we've got to take ownership of managing our own social connections even if we physically can't see people another voice note hi Pamelo. yeah the subject is very touching and uh, very difficult as you can see that most of people who are reacting are men it shows that men are really uh, uh, shocked and uh, suffering two years ago i lost my job i'm a family man with three kids and uh, lost my job it was very difficult for me under stress to find a work and uh, the third years my wife just decided to say that no she can't go on with me because uh, it's like I'm useless and uh, her life is different without me now and uh, so and dump me, move away with the kids and I went a lot of stress and uh, I almost killed myself, nearly killed myself but I don't know where the strength come from and I'm still struggling to make myself right but right now I found somebody else that who's willing me, healing me every day, I think I'm okay, only from Cape Town. So, Leah, with the little few minutes we have left, I want you to address something because, funny enough, I think a lot of people know where to get the help. So it's not that they don't know where help is if you seek it. It's the fact that there is denial about seeking help, that there are people who know they're going through a difficult time and will just not pick up that call to speak to a friend or to speak to even the professionals. It's those people that I'd like you to speak to. How do we get someone who has locked themselves up, who's not seeking help, who's not raising a hand to actually do something about what they're going through? Leah? to seek the help is that they always feel that they're a burden. They don't want to burden other people with their problems. And there is nothing, you are not a burden. You are a really beautiful, precious, valuable human being, and you're going through a rough time. And you have every right to ask for the support and the help that you need. And there are lots of people out there who want to be there for you. And I want you to just think, if you knew that a friend in your life was going through a terrible time, and they felt that they couldn't pick up the phone to speak to you, how would you feel about that? And you don't do the same to your friends and family. You know, you, you've got to reach out. People are not mind readers. They, they don't know that you're not okay. And with the amount of free resources, these are people who wake up every day wanting to support you. 
So please make sure that you are reaching out and getting the help that you need because if you don't ask, nothing is going to shift. So just for, again, for one last time, for those of you who are in this state, please phone 0800-456-789 and there will be somebody to answer the phone and talk you through whatever you're going through. And then your contact details, Where what social media platforms can we find you on? Uh, my website is leahc4.com and all of my Facebook and Twitter and Instagram is leahc4. Leah, thank you so much. Thank you so much. I really appreciate it. Thank you for everything that you do. Thank you for being available and have a fantastic weekend. Absolute pleasure. You too. Have a great weekend, everyone. Bye-bye. Leah Sifo is a life coach. And how do you spell her surname is S-E-F-O-R. S-E-F-O-R. So her social media platforms are L-E-A-H. S-E-F-O-R. And that's where you can find her if you're looking for it. Two o'clock. Let's go to Utsila Saku for the latest in SABC News.